Blog Talk Radio. is about happiness. What is it? What does it mean to be truly happy? How can happiness be achieved in life? Is it possible to be happy? Yes, it is. 
We can achieve happiness. However, there is no magic bullet. There's no external thing or person who is going to make you happy. We create happiness ourselves. It's not easy, but the way to get there is simple. You just need to do the work. So how do you start? You need to be willing to receive happiness in your life, and you can only do that by declaring your willingness and then putting in the effort. And the fact that you're tuning in is a sign that you are ready and willing to claim your happiness. So stay tuned, and we'll get to the how of happiness in just a few minutes. This is your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology and energy psychology therapist at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer free of charge and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energy awareness. After experiencing success as a model and actress, including hosting World Wrestling Federation TV shows, my guest, Maria Felipe, felt called inward and studied to become a reverend at Pathways of Light, an accredited religious school inspired by A Course in Miracles. She leads monthly services in both Spanish and English at Unity Church in Burbank, California, and she is here today to discuss her recently launched book, Live Your Happy, How to Get Out of Your Own Way and Find the Love Within. So welcome to the show, Maria. Thank you for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? It's my pleasure. I'm so grateful. One of my favorite things is collaborating for the happiness together, and I was so psyched, first of all, with the music that you opened with, and then that mini Mm -hmm. intro on happiness was just so right on. I was like, this show is complete in itself with that statement, you know, it kind of really talks in fully of what the book is about, so that was so neat. Thank you. Oh, well, you're welcome. Well, that's what I I read from the book, so, you know, when you read a book (laughs) in full, and you know, you you can write a pretty good intro, you know. It was easy once I I read your book. (laughs) Yeah, so your book, speaking of, I say, speaking of your book, Live Your Happy, this is not a philosophic explanation of A Course in Miracles at all. It's rather a practical guide for living it. So let's start there. Let's start with what made you decide to write a book that teaches people how to live what you learned in A Course in Miracles. Well, you know, like many of us, I suffer from self-help desperation. Um, all my life with reading all kinds of books and um, just feeling um, like wanting and desire of, of wanting to feel complete, wanting to feel happy, wanting to feel peaceful in my life. Um, and I would just go to Barnes and Nobles or any bookstore and just buy a bunch of books there, or watch Oprah or, you know, go to workshops and um, felt good for, you know, a hot second, you know, for probably a few days. And then maybe, you know, on Friday, I wasn't feeling so good. Maybe Monday and Tuesday, I was feeling great. And then Friday, I wasn't feeling good. I didn't rec- I couldn't understand 
why was it that um, whatever I was learning in these books and these affirmations and this kumbaya that I was doing wasn't working. And so I decided when I, I got the opportunity to write a book and I said, well, this book will be about A Course in Miracles. And because it has changed my life, so we could get into that a little later. And I wanted to write a book that was practical, which is what you were sharing, um, that motivates you to live the principles. I feel that most of the time where I got stuck is that I wasn't bringing what I was learning um, to my life experience. It was more intellectual. Like, I know that I am love. I know that I am peace. But experiencing that and live that fully in my life to max capacity without compromise is, is a totally different ballgame. Okay. And as we all know, happiness is an inside job. You know, we don't get it from any external source. But so many people have difficulty wrapping their brain around that concept. They start there thinking that, well, if I get a better job, I'll be happy. If I go on a great vacation, I'll be happy. If I find the perfect mate, I'll be happy. And that really puts all of the onus on the other person or thing. The expectations are high for that. And they realize that isn't it. It's all about the inside, what you work on, how to bring the happiness to yourself. So how did you come to that realization, given all the books you read, and how do you explain it to others? Well, I started to recognize, again, I was reading all these books. Of course, I wasn't living it. So I was doing all the things that you're saying, which is looking for my happiness endlessly outside of myself. You know, as you heard, as you read in my bio, I was, um, you know, a model and an actress for many years, appeared to be successful with a, t- tele- a you know, national television show and, um, you know, a lot of, you know, different commercials and, um, you know, the French boyfriend and the money and the apartment. And I had it all and I didn't feel happy and I didn't understand why. And then I started to recognize that my happiness wasn't outside in form. My happiness wasn't in a man in a relationship. My happiness wasn't, you know, in my career. And the, the way that I got that was because I recognized that it was happiness, but I call it this cheerleader happiness. It was a happiness that the form gives me. But then I tapped into this internal happiness, being happy regardless of what's going on outside of me, that started to be more consistent. So regardless if I got that audition and I booked that job, I was happy. Regardless if I had the boyfriend or not, I was happy. And that's what started to make the difference. But the shift has to be in in my mind. What happens is the Course in Miracles calls, you know, the ego in our mind, which is the part of our mind that's fearful. Um, You know, we're we're split into two thought systems. It's called, you know, basically our mind is split into fear and love. And when the ego is running the show, which the ego runs the show in this world of duality that we live in and this illusion, um, the ego will constantly be chattering in our, in our brain and, and chattering, you know, in our ear that our happiness comes outside in form, that if this will happen, you will be happy, which is what you were explaining. But it's just an ego trick, you see. It's just like chasing a carrot, you know. You chase the carrot, and then you get the carrot, and then you, you keep on chasing carrots until you have a bunch of carrots. And, and it's just it's, it's very elusive. It, it isn't real. I mean, if it was true, if that was true, then why, you know, I live in Los Angeles. Why are these actors with, like, the multimillion-dollar, you know, houses, you know, I see it for myself, or, you know, the trophies and, you know, the Oscars, and, you know, they're on drugs and suicide, some of them, you know. So that tells you that material wealth can never completely fill you or make you happy. It's, it's, it's an illusion, and it's not true. And I think the more that we get that, the happier we're going to be 
because we lose our power when we let outside sources define us, define us or fill us because ultimately we are already complete and nothing outside of us can complete us. That is the truth. And, you know, to me, we only ever have two choices in every situation, including how we choose to live. So the two choices or the paths are love and fear, as you said. So all the positive things fall under the umbrella of love, while negativity falls under the umbrella of fear. And I think once you get that concept down and you live with the awareness of knowing how you are choosing, responding, reacting, and living, you can move from the path of fear to the path of love with a shift in perspective. So, you know, you took Mm -hmm. a course in miracles and, and that helped you to, to do this. How do you deal with the love fear choice in everyday life? Yeah, that's, that's actually a great question. Um, You're right. The the mind is split fear, love, and we can discern and choose how we're going to experience any particular type of situation. Um, you know, we can, when we're, when we're in a situation, we can actually be in front of it and, and say, you know, do I want to experience this through fear or do I want to experience this through love? You know, the Course in Miracles teaches that ultimately we can experience things the way that we choose to experience them. And I think that is so powerful because what happens is, is that we won't be a victim of the world that we see at that point. We'll be completely responsible for our experience. So how I deal with it in everyday life is when I am, something comes up, it can be, you know, um, right now, let's say in this realm with with being an author and having a book, you know, um, let's say the book, for example, I can experience, I just went on a book tour, I just went on a book tour to 15 cities um, in July, and I, I I could experience that in two ways. I could experience that with fear, oh my God, the logistics. Um, you know, running the cars, where am I going to stay, et cetera. Or I can experience it through love and trust and trust the process. Um, do my part, of course, you're going to be inspired action that's going to take place of where, I, where I'd stay, et cetera. But, but I could see it the way I, I wanted to, for instance, not take it personal, like how many people are going to show up or how many people, you know, are not going to show up, et cetera. And so what happens is, is that my experience of the book tour was very easy. It was very easy because I created it that way for myself, you see, because I could have made it matter, make it mean something. Oh, my God, you know, the book tour is such a big deal. You know, I want to make sure I sell all my books and I, had, and I have an agenda. But I didn't have an agenda. I just had fun with it. You know, as many people that would show up would show up and I was happy um, if, if I sold all my books or not, I was happy, because I wasn't attached to making it matter. This is such a big deal. It was more of, oh, my God, I get to, you know, join with my fans or, or, or join with people that, you know, have read the book and have had a healing and, and really enjoy the process versus make it matter or making it define me. Um, so I think that that is so important in life. I feel that when we have big things that happen in life, you know, I call them like big deals or big, you know, big situations, we can, instead of making it matter and getting tranced out by the situation, we can really get back to our power and and see it and experience it the way that we want to versus falling into the victimization that there's something wrong here and then being sad and going into the illusion. Um, But I think it's just so, so, so helpful to to really be in a space of, really understanding that there isn't anything outside of you um, that, that, that defines you. 
you know like i don't even i don't even have like this whole thing of author define me or 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 you know that the numbers of my book define me on the contrary you know i just have fun you know cuz i did that for so long with my acting career you know my career, acting career defined me and and i you know if if, if i wasn't working i wasn't happy so i said well i'm going to get into this motivational speaking i'm going to get into being an author and being a, a teacher of love um it's going to be fun and i'm not going to make it matter you know cuz then then you start to want you know it's all about you and your ego and and getting somewhere and succeeding and and i'm not interested in that i'm i'm more interested in what's happening right now like right now spending time with you on this on this blog talk radio and sharing with you is what really matters to me is this very moment of joining with you and and that's how i feel happier is by being right here and right now with you well and that's complete awareness when we're in the present moment that's when we're really at our best when we're focusing on what it is that we're doing right now. And, you know, you do talk about big deals in your book, but even the little deals, if people don't, if they can't seem to do this on the big deals, because it it takes practice to be aware and to shift perspective, practice on the little things that are coming up. You know, fear has two meanings, F-E-A-R, forget everything and run or face everything and rise. The choice is yours. And when you face everything and rise, that's when you've just moved from fear to love. But that takes doing because that in itself, in itself is a bit scary to do, you know, to say, okay, well, it's easier to just hide and run than it is to face everything and rise and go forward with it. So, um, but one of the ways that you talked about doing it is by giving things over to the Holy Spirit. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by giving things over to the Holy Spirit? Yeah, that's, um, that's actually a big one. And it's very vital when it comes to this practice of, of, of living, of living happy and living you know, happy at a consistent, very consistent is by um, tapping into the voice of Holy Spirit. As I mentioned earlier, of course, in Miracles talks about how our mind works and our mind is split into love and fear, which would be Holy Spirit and ego. So what we would like to do with practice, as you said, I love that you said that because practice is essential. It's important. It's the only way that we're going to change. You know, I feel that um, we want to change, but not really. You know, we have to really, really, really want to do the work, which takes something, which takes changing your mind. And one of the tools that you can use for changing your mind is by developing a relationship with your inner guide. So you can call it, I call it Holy Spirit, but it can be your best friend, your inner friend, you know, accessing your inner wisdom. So it's that voice within you that we all have. It's just the Course in Miracles says the, the, the ego speaks first and speaks the loudest. But we have a voice within us, which is the opposite of that, which is love, that is always there present. And we know it because we have nudges with it. You know, it, it, you, you, you have your, your intuition, that, that, that gauge that says, oh, go here or go here. We, we, we all have this voice of love. Now, this voice of love is, is not demanding. It doesn't manipulate. It doesn't try to make happen. It's a voice within you that trusts, that flows with things that doesn't personalize, it's that part of you that is, that is just very at peace. And how you pump up the volume on the Holy Spirit, I, how I do it is that I ask for help. I feel that we're in a society that it's like me, 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 me consciousness. It's very ego. It's like let me do this. Let me manipulate this. Let me make this happen. And when you have a relationship with Holy Spirit, which is what I do, I just get out of my own way, and I say, Holy Spirit, you know, I am – I am sad right now, you know, Holy Spirit. I am anxious right now. Um, 
I am not feeling good right now. I'm, I'm depressed. I'm upset because my boss told me such and such or my husband said such and such or my kid said such and such. And just like give it over to Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, I give this over to you and let me see this another way. You know, let me see this through your eyes. Let me see this through Christ's vision. And just give it over consistently, and then you're going to have a change of perception, which is a miracle. You know, the miracle in the Course of Miracles is a change of perception from fear to love. And perhaps you might not hear the voice right away. Maybe you might not, you know, feel good right away. But as time progresses, maybe you're driving and you'll be like, the cloud has, you know, that black cloud has lifted and you feel better. Um, so it's just a practice of, of also what you can do is, is not, you don't just need to give things over, but you can just change your thoughts. You know, so if in your thoughts you, you feel scared or, or I'm unworthy, you have an unworthy thought, you can be present to it and be like, huh, look at that unworthy thought. Well, okay, well, guess what? I am worthy. And just stop yourself and just change your thoughts. So those are little things that you can do to come back to the voice of Holy Spirit. Um, and that way you can have, you know, a, a beautiful relationship with your inner voice so that you can experience more happiness in your life. Okay, so again, in Holy Spirit, you know, that's just one way of looking at it. It's semantics. It could be your intuition, your higher self. You know, it could even be source or spirit, however that you refer to, let's say, the God of your understanding. Because uh, I think a lot of people, they might not relate to Holy Spirit. They might relate to spirit. They might relate to universe. They might relate to a higher self, but they might not relate to Holy Spirit. So I just want to clear that up to make sure that everybody's aware that it's not, this is not a religious thing. This is your own inner guidance that you're, that you're going to to look for that guidance that you need. So exactly, okay, and that's, exactly, and that's that's super important. That's why when I opened up, I, I shared that you know because it's whatever word resonates with you. Even the word is not important. You know what's important is recognizing that you have the power within you, and you have the answer within you. You know that's what's the most powerful thing. Right, and it's you know it's, it's totally about awareness, awareness of who you are and how you relate to yourself, so that you can better relate to the world. You stated in your book, and this this was a question I really had to ask, that any experience or feeling that is not coming from love is not real. They don't mm-hmm. exist and never really happened. So, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Well, yeah, I love that you, you say that because it will it is a little bit mind-boggling, you know. Um, and I didn't make it up, but it's something that I believe to be true. Um, and that comes from The Course in Miracles. So The Course in Miracles at the beginning of the book talks about only love is real and all else is an illusion. Um, just because what's really, really only true, The Course says, is love. And anything else that appears in the world that is not coming from love is an illusion. Why? Because if, if God, the universe, love is what's really, really real, the Course in Miracles says that we've made up this world of duality that kind of masks and then shows up the ego in the world. So everything that we're seeing on the news and everything that we're experiencing, um, the Course would say, it's an illusion. It's, it's not really true. But what is true is anything that is in, in communication and in connection with love, with the universe of love. Everything else is an illusion is what the Course says. And I know it's a little bit complicated because it's very metaphysical and, and very upside down when you think about it. Um, but let's say, for instance, let me give you an example like a person, right? So, so you know, a person, you know, is being very rude or um, is attacking you. How can one say that that is love? 
right? Um, the courts would say that 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 act in form isn't loving, you know, because in form it looks like it's not love, you know, it, it appears like it's not love. But the true essence of that person, regardless of how they're acting up, is love, because in, in truth we are all love and we are all one. Just that per- person has forgotten for a hot second who they are, and we've been there and we've done that. So that's why the Course says everything is love or a call for love. So in truth, that person is just insane, just like we see out there when we turn on the news. There's a lot of insanity going on right now. But it doesn't mean that that is the truth. Our job is to hire consciousness and to hire the vibration and see in Christ's vision or see through the, the eyes of love so we can lift up the energy and see what is really, really real here so we don't continue to feed the fear and continue to feed the judgment. Does that make sense? Well, the part about the truth does, but what I don't understand is where it goes on to say they don't exist and never really happened. That's... Oh, they don't exist and never really happened. Okay, yeah, because well, the course says that basically. Um, in truth... Okay, not the course. Yeah. What do you say? Because right now, this sounds like you took the course, and, and pardon me for saying this, but to me, it, there's a lot of brainwashing that goes on with the Course in Miracles. And there's a lot of uh, things that aren't necessarily following, let's say, the Catholic Church with the Course in Miracles and goes against things that Jesus might have said. And I'm wondering why you keep saying, you know, the book says, the Course says, what does Maria say? What does Maria say? Yeah, and, and I totally appreciate that because what I would love is for this to be very clear and very helpful. You know, so if me saying the course is not helping, then I won't say that. So what was your question again? I'll say it from my heart and what I would say. Okay, go ahead. It says that, you know, any, anything, any experience or feeling that's not coming from love is not real. And you responded to that and said, because of truth, I get that things that truth is, is love. Okay. And that when people are acting out, they're not coming from a place of love, so therefore it's not truth, and, you know, I get that whole thing. But then it goes on to say they don't exist and never really happened. Well, because Those from what I feel, feelings. yeah, what I'm feeling is and what's coming up for me is this um, topic of that I feel that, that we're dreaming, you know, that this is all a dream. That's why it's never really happened. It's because we are dreaming. We're not in, you know, we're not awake. So all of this is an illusion because, and it appears very real because it appears to be happening, but it's not really, really happening. It's just that the, the, well, what I would say is that the son of God forgot who he is and created this world. The only thing that I can say that I feel is that there is no way that this world could truly, truly be real because if we are love and the stuff that I experience in this world of duality, which is like, the wars and the suffering and the circus that's going on right now. I mean, I'm sure we've all got the memo that there's a huge circus going on right now. You know, it's just crazy. Um, how could this remotely be the real deal? I just, I can't comprehend it. So for me, it's like the more that I let go of this is like very true, the form is very true, the happier I am because I don't buy into the story. I don't buy into the drama. I don't buy into the fear. I don't buy into the sadness. So it just, for me, gives it less weight to, to say that this is a dream because I don't understand how we can be love and be perfect love and at the same time experience this madness that's going on in the world. Okay, but isn't that, I mean, really, you know, 
that, okay, that's just like ignoring what's happening because there is a war going on. There are people being killed right now. There are a lot of things happening. It is very real. Ask any mother who lost her child. Ask any wife who lost her husband. It is very, very real. And I'm going to bring this up, and, I'm, and you know, I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable, but this, this is, I'm going down this road. You had an ectopic pregnancy, did you not? I did have an ectopic pregnancy, yes. How old were you at the time? I was 30, 37, okay. 36, 36 okay. when I had it, yeah. yeah and that, that, pregnancy, that pregnancy was a result of unprotected sex, correct? I mean, you stated that in your book. Yes. Uh-huh. And you said that after the emergency surgery, you were in a horrible place, which is so understandable because ectopic pregnancies are painful, they're scary, and even if both fallopian tubes are still intact after surgery, one only has a 60% chance of a normal pregnancy in the future, and if there's a change, that percentage decreases. So it is quite devastating. But you looked at that and said, I had to forgive myself because I didn't know any better. What was it that you didn't know any better about? Well, at the moment, I, I did the best I could with the awareness I had. So at that moment, again, I was, you know, I, I wasn't thinking in truth. I was, I did the best I could with the awareness I had. If I was, if I was conscious, if I was in love and in God, I wouldn't have made those choices. But at that moment, I forgot. I was transed out by form. I was transed out by the body I was with. I was transed out by the person I was with. So I, I chose to do more stuff that was aligned to fear. So that's why I look back, and that's what true forgiveness is, is looking back and saying, you know, I did the best I could with the awareness I had at that moment. I forgot. You know, I forgot, which we all do. We all forget and make decisions um, that are not aligned to truth. But the good thing is to look back because you can't change it. You know, I, I, I realized that I couldn't go back in time and, and change and change what I did. You know, I just, so instead of crucifying myself and beating myself up of, of, of not doing, of not, you know, doing the, you know, putting the protection or, or even not even sleeping with the person, you know, I look back and I was like, you know what, I have to accept this. Like, this is a decision that I made at that moment. And I did the best I could. You know, I think we always and, do the best we could. And I get that. But how can you say, and, and I think you should forgive yourself, you know, because you made a mistake. But to say I didn't know any better at the age of 30-something in a world where, you know, you may not have known you'd had an ectopic pregnancy, but surely at the very least you knew there was a chance for a sexually transmitted disease that could kill you. And, of course, pregnancy wasn't out of the realm of possibility. How does what you went through in your mind, you didn't know any better, or because of the, the fear that it was, how does that not exist or be real for you? It was very real. Yeah, see, the thing is, is that it was very, it's very real in form, of course. I mean, I felt very real because the shirt hurt like a mother, you know. It was very, very, yeah. very painful. It was very, very painful, and it felt very real. But this has nothing to do with age and knowledge. This has nothing to do with the intellect. Yeah, of course, I knew that, you know, using protection could cause things. Of course, intellectually, I knew that. Of course, you know, I'm 38 years old, and I know about the birds and the bees, of course. I mean, that's obvious, but I'm talking about in the spiritual nature of things, of when we do things that are not logical, that doesn't come from logic, it comes from another experience, it's like you don't, you're not even thinking at that point, you've just completely lost yourself in the illusion and the fear, and that's what happened to me, it had nothing to do with education, or the birds and the bees, or anything, is that at that, that moment, 
I forgot that I was a perfect child of God and that I was loved. And I, and I disrespected myself because I didn't know any better at the moment. I wasn't in my truth. That's what I mean. It has nothing to do with education. It has nothing to do with knowing things in the mind. It has more of me not feeling worthy. So that's why I say in that moment, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, we call it in Spanish in my cabales, you know, like I wasn't really in my truth. That's why I say I did the best I could with the awareness I had because at that time, I actually forgot who I was. I wasn't in spirit. I wasn't in love. I wasn't even listening to Holy Spirit at that moment. I was completely tranced out by the world. And that's what I mean. I'm a Capricorn. I'm way too analytical because in a court of law, it would be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, it yeah, would be I like, mean, yeah, yeah, you do I, know better, you know. And and to yeah. me, to say I didn't know better is kind of like a cop out. It really is. It's like, okay, I have to forgive myself, so I'm going to blame it on something. I'm going to blame it on that, so that I don't have to fully take responsibility for it all. Because hey, I just didn't know any better in the moment. And you know, getting to the moment, you know better. You know better all the way up until the moment. And so then the moment actually, occurs, and it's like, okay. Actually, you know what I love? I love, I love how I love your questions, and I love how hard you are because this is the kind of stuff I like to talk about, and and I really love to be authentic and get down. And I get that this what I'm saying could be very hard if you aren't analytical because this is not coming from an analytical place at all, and it's not coming from an intellectual space. My book doesn't come from that space; it comes more from the space of the heart, which is a different space. Now. I'm not copying out. Actually, if I can change it around a bit and undo what you're saying, it's not copying out. It's actually taking complete responsibility and being self-loving. Because just because I said I did the best I could with the awareness I had doesn't mean that, I, it doesn't mean that I'm not taking responsibility. On the contrary, I am taking responsibility. I'm like, I'm saying I did the best I could with the awareness I had. I am taking responsibility because I'm not saying, oh, it's the guy's fault. Oh, you know, it's so and so's fault. Oh, you know, this person did this to me. I'm not even being a victim. Well, no, it's not the guy's fault. Yeah. I mean, it's clearly not the guy's fault. It takes two to tango, you know? So clearly, you can only give 50% of the blame to him and 50% to you. But, you know, if you want to. Actually, no blame to him because in reality, Mm -hmm. I chose that. You know, I chose that. So I'm completely responsible. But in the moment, I'm not, when I say I did the best I could with awareness I have, it's such feel that we can do, and I know it might be hard to swallow, um, because I feel that what we do, the ego wants to go in the past, and it wants us to crucify ourselves for something that happened in the past, and it's already gone. Like, I can't go back in time and change that. So for me, just right. accepting the present moment, which is what we're talking about right now, that you even, you even said, yes, yeah, to be present, that helps me be present and be like, you know what, yeah. That was sucky and that sucked. And, you know, I made a decision that wasn't in alignment. And you know what? I'm just going to be accepting of it and just accept that I chose that. But now I can choose differently in this moment. And that gives me power. And I think that that is very, very loving to do to oneself instead of crucify ourselves for something over and over again that we did when we were little, that our parents told us we weren't good enough, that we did, felt like we didn't do it right in school and felt like we're not worthy, like all that stuff. We can go back in the past and say, you know what? I did the best I could with the awareness I had, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's such a beautiful statement of letting go of that you're a victim, of letting go that, that, that something really did happen to you because it's already gone. You can't go back in time. Right, you can't go back in time. So that claim that you didn't know any better helps you with the forgiveness of yourself, correct? Exactly. It's, it's a beautiful tool that I use to, for forgiveness, yes, absolutely. Did you learn anything from it? 
Hell yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I learned a couple of things. One thing I learned is um, to to not look for, you know, I had this whole grievance with men all my life. You know, I really looked for love in all the wrong places, as you've read in my book, and I looked for love outside mm-hmm. of myself. Um, and I recognized that moment um, of the choices that I made and having the topic pregnancy. I learned a few things. One was that, you know, I have to stop this addiction to looking for love in a man and ultimately look for love and having a child so for me it was like very very strong it had to come so painful because as many know and you you even said it it's a very very painful experience um mm-hmm. because the topic pregnancy it ruptured you know my fallopian tube so that was very painful so coming into some tea i just realized wow you know um i have to stop this and that's that's when i stopped and i changed things around for myself and i stopped to you know look for completion and love outside of myself. And it took me going through that. Another thing that I learned, which is going to kind of hit you on the head because of what you've already told me, let's see where this goes. But um, I realized that I didn't lose anything. You know, Um, I know that up here that I had a miscarriage and that I lost a child supposedly, and I lost a fallopian tube. So yeah, we can say in the world that's very real and form that happened. But what I learned is that in truth, in truth, I really didn't, lose anything and I gained everything. Why? Because I, from the experience, I got that, you know, I am worthy of love, that what, you know, that what I did doesn't define me, that, that love defines me. And it's, it's very hard to understand, but even, I even got into an atopic pregnancy group on Facebook and um, there was all these things about loss and I get it. You know, I'm not saying that that's not true and it's not very hard, but I didn't experience the loss. I experienced it more of an opportunity to grow and an opportunity to get closer to love and to God. Um, And I know it's crazy to say that, but I felt that I didn't lose anything. I felt that I gained everything because in that moment that I did that forgiveness work and that I got myself off the hook, I let myself off the hook, I was free. And I know it's crazy to say that, that. especially what you shared. No, I I, no, I understand that because I believe that everything happens for a reason. I also believe that every person who comes in, every soul who's brought to this earth knows in its own way how much time they have here, how they're coming in, what they're here to do, to teach others, and when they're going out. And that means some souls are here to say, yeah, I'm going to be a miscarriage, or yeah, I'm going to be a product of a rape, or yes, I'm going to be a product of, you know, I'll be on the earth for three years and I'll die of some disease. And that's very hard for people to grasp because if it's happening to them and it's their child you know but for me Mm -hmm. I think we all have a piece of a puzzle and if you you play out the piece every single one of us would play the other person's piece exactly the same way because you would have to or or everything will not work the way that divine the divine soul wants it to work so the bigger picture is not something any of us see completely so in order to I understand what you say you didn't lose anything but you gained from it yes in our our most difficult situations is when we have our greatest growth there is no question about that and you know as far as some people when they have a miscarriage it actually has to be a baby that's you know three months or more in order to call it a miscarriage some people first sign of pregnancy it's I had a miscarriage other people it's a zygote doesn't matter you know I mean the whole the whole field of psychology is open to all of this stuff. When people come in and start talking to me about their different issues, you have to realize where they're coming from and how they look at it, because that's how you deal with it, you know, as a therapist talking to them. So I completely understand what you're saying. I get that part. Um, I, I just think that, you know, there's, there's ways to be able to express things. And one of the things is a question is, 
you know that even though this was a fear-based scenario that you went through, and even though it says, you know, it never really existed or it never happened, it did exist and it did happen. You acknowledge that. Well, it did exist and it did, it did appear to happen in form, absolutely. I felt that I was there. You know, I felt that I was there. And I felt, you know, to this day I still remember that, you know. Um, yeah, but again, so it happened because yeah. it was real. It didn't appear in form. It, you were going through it. Well, yes, but ultimately, regardless if I'm going through it in forms, the Course says only love is real, and I'll, I'll say that I say it since you don't want me to say the Course, only the love is real and all else is an illusion. So in truth, in truth, the only thing that exists in that whole scenario is, is love, and love wouldn't be remotely even present there until the moment that I decided to forgive. You know, that is the only well, real part of the whole then, thing. Okay, in that case, then, you might have had an ectopic pregnancy, but it wasn't a miscarriage. There was no baby because there was nothing that happened. Nothing was real. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Exactly. It felt, okay. very, it, felt very, it felt super, super real in form, and it sucked ass, excuse my expression, in the moment. But, if, if, but in truth, in truth, um, the way that I live my life, it's um, – it only only love is real. So it's actually an, a dream that I'm having. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare, literally. You know, people think that heaven and hell is a place you go to, and I always say heaven and hell is right here, right now, depending on where you're placing your attention. So in that moment, I was living in hell, hell on earth, hell on what appears to be in this world. So so that's that's how I feel about it. Now, a lot of people would say, well, it's very real. You know, Maria, you, you, you are Maria, and you had an atopic pregnancy, and you had a surgery, and you almost died. Yeah, in form, it yeah. appears that way. But ultimately, ultimately, where we come from, which is the mind of love, uh, you could say, I would say the mind of God, but it could be the mind of, of love because it's not a religious thing. And as you can see, my, my book is more, you know, spiritual, you know, so I, everybody could change the names around. But it's I'm in the mind of God, which is the mind of love. Then, 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 and, 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 you know, we hear this many times that we are, God created us, or we're perfect, whole and complete, then how the hell can this be remotely real is my question, you know? It, it, it's like not in alignment. It's not in alignment, that philosophy of, like, you know, we are one and we are love, and at the same time, there's this madness going on. So for me, that's just how I'm able to distinguish what is real from the unreal, which is anything that's not of love, it's truly, truly not happening. It's just we're living out a nightmare. We're living out this dream of separation. We're, we're living out this egoic dream, which is what you said, which is, looks very real, that there's wars going on and there's people suffering um, and people killing themselves. It appears to be happening, and it sucks. Now, if we can start to change our mind and start to see it differently and not buy, buy into it and add more fear to it, I feel that it would be more helpful. How do you feel Instead about death? Instead of judging it. Um, well, How do you feel about death? Me, well, I feel that, for instance, my mother's older, right? So, you know, I think that at some point, you know, sometimes I think about her dying and it makes me sad, of course, because I appear to be in a body and I have feelings and I appear to be here. So I, I do have all those feelings. So I feel that sometimes even the thought of her dying makes me sad. You know, I have to be honest about that. Um, mm-hmm. But what I feel is that we are not just a body. Um, just like you're not just a body, I feel that we're we're spirits, mm-hmm. you know, inside a body that this is just a vessel. So I feel that when um, she does pass, um, my job is to you know hold her in high regard and recognize that she's on. You know that if she's if you're just a body that's so limited, like if I can just say, oh my God, T, you're just a body, 
I'm so limiting you, you know, because you're so much more than that, you know. You, you, you're more expansive than that, you know. How can you just stuck in this, like, vessel in this cocoon, you know. You're, there's so much more love and expansiveness and, and peace and, and light that, can't, that, that, that the body is just nothingness compared to that, what you are truly in essence. So for me, it's like, how can we just be like this, this flesh, you know? And it's so interesting because I've seen dead bodies before and I'm like, wow, you know, like it even makes me even more believe that we're not bodies because it, it looks like lifeless. It's like, there's nothing there. And that's because it's, it's just like a passing thing that we use, you know, as a tool to wake up, to remember that we are worthy of love, that our function is happiness, that our inheritance is happiness. Um, it's a tool that we can use basically in this dream world to wake up. Just like when a carpenter, you know, the hammer, you know, and uses it for a while for his, you know, for whatever car- carpentry he's doing, he uses the hammer as a, as a tool. So, and, and then he, he picks it up when, when he needs it and he puts it down when he's done. And that's what the body is. You pick it up um, throughout the, the lifetime that you've chosen as a soul and spirit to come into this plane and, and use it to wake up. And then when you're done, you, you, you leave with the body, you know? And, you know, that's, that's what I feel. I mean, I agree because I think that, you know, the body is just an instrument. It's something that we use, we put ourselves into in order to have a human experience because we are spiritual beings having a human experience. It's not the other way around. And I think that we are limitless. And if we understood how how very limitless we were, we would astound ourselves with what our capabilities are. People don't give themselves enough credit or try hard enough. They allow their bodies to limit themselves. And, yeah, when you do pass and people bury people and then go and visit the cemetery, it's like they're not there. They're not there. That's just a human form. It doesn't matter. It's disintegrating from the day, you know, the moment it expires. But I also think it's a sad moment when people pass, and I think it's very real. And I think that because mm-hmm. we are in, our, in these bodies and we're having human experiences, they're very real experiences, and that is how we grow. And we are given free choice. We're given free will to do what we need to do here. And the, the goal is to grow, to learn to learn from what we're, you know, the, the things that we experience. And, and so, you know, we agree to disagree because I believe that, hey, these things are absolutely real and you can't just pass them off and say, you know, well, it didn't happen because I can't go back and change it or because I, you know, I didn't know any better at the time. I think people need to be accountable for the things that, that they do because they, you know, you do know better at some point until it gets to a point where you're out of your mind and you don't. But prior to that, you do. And so, yeah, as I said, court of law, I'm too analytical probably, um, <laughs> you know, so that's just, we just agree to disagree. And yet, uh, you know, I mean, this is a spirituality based uh, radio show and everybody knows it and it, it gets high ratings because of what we talk about on here. So, you know, there's got to be some good coming out of it. One last question I want to ask is you tell us to forgive people for what they did not do. Go ahead and give us some examples of that, because I think people have a problem thinking, well, you have to do something in order to forgive someone. And that's not the case. They, they actually are doing something by not doing something. So go ahead and explain that if you would. Well, forgiveness is a three-step process. I talk about it in my book. The first step is in forgiveness. It's not the typical forgiveness of the world. You know, in the world forgiveness, you forgive the person because they really did something. You forgive the person because you want to be the better person. Um, you know, you want, to, you want to forgive the person because you want to be good and nice and whatever. Um, in this case, the way I talk about forgiveness is really it's radical. It's different. It's, it's basically you take responsibility for your perception. You take responsibility for your experience. That's what forgiveness is. 
So basically, you take responsibility. That's step one, you know. Hey, listen, I'm responsible for this. I created this. Um, I've, I've called this into my consciousness. I've called this into my sphere. So it's projection. Now, this person, the second step, this person seems like they're doing something to me. Um, it seems like they're acting out. It seems like they're slapping me. It seems like they've, you know, been, you know, you know, you know, pain in the butt or, you know, very, very disrespectful. Um, again, you look at that and you forgive the person for what they didn't do, right? Why? Because I explained it earlier. That person has forgotten who they are for a hot second. And you've been there and you've done that in some regard or another. You've also lost your mind Mm -hmm. and been mean or whatever. You know, you've been there and done that. And then you're judging Mm -hmm. that person for something that they did that you've done, you know? So the thing there is to forgive them for what they didn't do. It's like, okay, well, you know, everything's love or a call for love. And at this moment, I am not going to give away my power. I'm not going to give away my peace. I'm not going to give this person power over me. I'm going to, you know, stop myself and say, wow, what can I learn from this? Why have I called this into my life? What would love do here? What would love do here? Would it attack? You know, I always say my defenselessness, my safety lies. If I defend myself and I attack, um, there's something that that's saying about me. If you spot it, you got it. So that means that somehow this person Whatever this person's saying, I'm, I might believe it in some way because then why am I going to react to it? So the second step in forgiveness is that, is forgiving the person for what they didn't do, and that's what that means. The third step in forgiveness is you give it over to higher self, to love, to peace, to, you know, whatever word resonates with you, if it's five, you know, if it's five planting, whoever it is, right? You give it over, you say, I give it over to you, spirit, I give it over to you, love, and I ask to see this another way. I ask to see this. I want peace. So the forgiveness is you coming back to truth. That's what forgiveness is. It's coming back to truth and to letting go of the insanity that you have created for a hot second in your, in your life. So that's what forgiveness is. So it's very radical. It's very and it's all, well, it's all, but, but it, and although you say that, it actually sounds a lot like, you know, we talk about this on the show a lot as well. Forgiveness is, is actually for the person who's doing the forgiving. It's not condoning the behavior of anyone else. It's just for you to be able to move on with your life in a better way, because when you're not forgiving people, you're stuck. You're absolutely stuck in that, that gerbil wheel of just going round and round and, and rehashing everything in your mind that happened and thinking, okay, you know, why did this happen? And, and, and every time you bring it up, it just causes you more stress, increases your blood pressure, creates more cortisol in your system, you know, so you're constantly stressed out about it. The anxiety grows and grows, and it can, it can really be detrimental to people's health. So once they get to the point where they can forgive and actually forgive, and sometimes it isn't a one-step process, many times, I'm going to say all the time, it's never a one-step process to forgive unless it's something, you know, somebody, you know, accidentally bumped into you and you say, I'm sorry, oh, that's okay. You know, it's no big deal. But true forgiveness, we're like onions. It's going to take a lot of peeling back to be able, and things will trigger it later on. And when you have those triggers, it might rear its ugly head again, and you have to go through that process of forgiveness all over again. But it's really for the the better of you, the person wanting to do the forgiving. Do you agree with that? Yeah, and, and I really love what you said because it, it, it just reminds me again, the word that's coming up for me is practice, 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 which is in mm-hmm. the practice of, you know, every day, you know, doing it and, and, you know, forgiving even, you know, even let's say you go to supermarket and the person wasn't nice to you, like those little instances of where you can just like let it go and, and get unhooked from, you know, the illusion and the, the fear. Um, every, it's like, it's like, it's, it's progress. 
and it starts to get easier and easier and you start to feel better. You're right. like, oh, my God, I, I see the progress in this. I feel so much happier because I put this into practice. Um, but I feel that that's so, so important. I love that you mentioned that because it is, it is like the onion peel. It's, it takes time. It, it appears in this world. Um, but it's helpful. It's so helpful. When you live a life of forgiveness, when you live a life of taking responsibility, of, of you know, not being a victim of the world that you see, of, of really owning your stuff and understanding that you have everything, you lack nothing, um, you really experience deep happiness. Um, and that's been my experience. Yeah, I think, well, I think it's true of anybody who starts to go, starts down the spiritual path and they realize that, you know, when you're coming from your heart, that is when you have true happiness. It's not hedonism. That is external forces do not give you the happiness. You know, it's eudemonism and that is what brings you what you really get coming from your heart. When you're looking at things that way, that is what internalizes within you and makes you happy and only then can you have relationships with other people all people not just intimate relationships but all people that are respectful and joyous and and loving and good and you know we're almost at the top of the hour maria but before we go would you please tell our listeners how they may learn more about you and where they may purchase your book live your happy i'll be happy to and thank you for giving me the platform to do that um it's mariafelipe.org um, you can find my book on there, and then Barnes and Nobles has it as well as Amazon. And you can also go to your local bookstore because I like to support bookstores. And and you can if they don't have it, they're not carrying it. You can order it um, at your local bookstore as well. So um, yeah, I it's it's an honor. And thank you very much. And and if they you know and if you uh, can get it from your local bookstore, if they don't have it, they will order it and they get it in in the same amount of time as Amazon. So you know support your local bookstores. It's a really good thing to do. So listeners. We need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world. That's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. This is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including my sound healing concerts and labyrinth walks. My children's book, Santa's Tiniest Valve, launched on August 1st. A portion of the proceeds from the sale of the book is going directly to children in need. It's available at Amazon and, of course, through your local bookseller. We are also in the midst of a matching contributions campaign. I have a donor who is going to donate $5,000 by September 30th, if we raise $5,000 by September 30th. And we need to do that so that we can provide free eye exams and glasses to children in need. So every penny of every donation goes directly to children in need. We are run completely by volunteers. There's no salary stipends or compensation of any kind to anyone. So if anyone is interested in donating, please go to sojihuggles.org and check it out. Very happy to accept your donation. <laughs> Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio and at Soji Huggles. I am your host, T Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. <laughs>